I'm Ashley. And I'm Alicia. And we are Murd Nerds. Murd Nerds, what is up? Welcome. Um, If you have been here before, nope. If you have not been here before, (laughs) buckle the fuck up because Alicia's back and we are a mess. But like a fun one. Thanks. Right? A fun one, but like also sad. So there's some mixed emotions. Last week was intense, Mm -hmm. that episode. Um, As all of our regular listeners know, we ventured out of middle America to tell you about weird, gritty, unsolved uh, cases or just whatever we want now which is cool yeah makes our lives a lot easier um we're still gonna cover indiana unsolved cases from time to time it's just not at our previous frequency um so anything goes now we could talk about my extensive earring collection no no takers okay whatever it is a crime (laughs) but yeah (laughs) um so, did anything happen between last time we spoke and now, <laughs> Alicia? I don't know. Tusop, uh, Team Boozers did a photo shoot. Yeah? Yeah, I saw that, but I didn't have any service, so I couldn't see any of the pictures. And then I haven't gone back and looked at it. <laughs> oh, wait. You're talking about the ones I took. Never mind. I get it now. Well, no, Logan sent four pictures in our chat. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is funny because during our break, in between episodes, Ashley went and took pictures of Jeremy and I for Tusop, and that's what he was talking about. <laughs> but Ashley had no idea. <laughs> and she took the pictures. Uh, and I started the joke, too. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um... Happy to be here, guys. Happy to be here. Always. Um, Okay, I'm going to apologize for my voice. Um, Like I mentioned in last week's episode, I went to the Cure Michigan Cup, and I yelled a lot because I really like the Cottonmouth Kings, and I lost my voice. You know who we sound like? Who, who? Both of us? Together? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Patty Patty and Selma Marge's sisters. (laughs) Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Like our voices or the way we interact with each other? Nope, how our voices sound because we're both a little raspy. I know you were concerned about your voice. It sounds normal to me. Oh, it's not. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mine's definitely not either. I mean, mine's always raspy. What does Marge do? The like... Yeah, (laughs) the growl. (laughs) Oh, me. There's just so many different directions we could go at this point right now. Oh, really? for yeah. real. I saw a meme uh, today that said um, it was a scene from Mr. Bean where he's like copying off someone's test, some kind of test. And um, it said The Simpsons and it was the guy that was like diligently doing his test. And then the future was Mr. Bean like looking over his shoulder to write on his test. Because <laughs> love- like they keep predicting the future. I love Mr. Bean. He was. Oh, my gosh. I remember when we first got our first house and I got cable, you know, when I first had my first cable box and 
and there was like a BBC station, and Mr. Bean was on there all the time. That so and, funny. That and the original version of uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, oh my gosh. Guess what? I bought my sister tickets to go see them. They're going to be at the Learner in Elkhart on November 11th. Really? I bought tickets back in June, yeah, because her birthday is June first yeah <laughs> so nice. yeah so we're gonna go see and it's got um a few original members i don't remember which ones is, is ryan's styles gonna be there yeah nice ryan's that's the there. and colin mockery those colin's are the, not i was gonna oh. say yeah the duo one of them is gonna be there it's the guy the guy that's like the nerdy guy with the curly hair yeah. and the glasses he's gonna be there God, I can't remember what his name is. I don't remember any of their names. Just um But Ryan Styles will be there, that guy. Ryan is the is the shit when it oh, comes yeah, to that he's show. Hilarious. Yeah. Him and Colin together yep. are just Oh my best. god, I know. Yeah, I used to watch that. Do you remember excuse me? Do you remember the T V show with Drew Carey called Mimi? Mm-hmm. Or no wait, or was it, it was the, the Drew, Drew Carey, Carey show? show. Yeah. But it had that yeah, yeah, she like tortured him at yep. work. Yeah, I watched that stuff. show a lot too. Um, I hear Joe Gatto's coming to the Learner also. Who's that? The guy from Impractical Jokers, the one that actually is not oh, come back this season. Oh, yeah, he's funny. Yep, I isn't like he him. the one that like cheated on his wife? You know that girl on Twitter. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. I don't. He just he left the uh, the Jokers, and it was stated that he was going to be to spend more time with his family. But now he's out on the road touring all the time, so it's kind of. I'm pretty you know, sure it was yeah. him that was right. The the uh, network girl. probably wanted to cut ties with him. Yeah, right. but isn't that on True TV? True yeah. TV shows some gritty stuff, like they their do. countdown they lists and stuff. To. They had it's kind of like TLC where they did a lot of documentary stuff and then they just went off the rails. Yeah, they take like B list celebrities and make fun of like dumb criminals and stuff. I used to well, watch that show on True It's always a good time. <laughs> yeah, the B list like Sylvester Stallone's brother, <laughs> right? And uh, Leaf Leaf uh, Leaf Garrett. Garrett, yeah, yeah. Leaf Garrett's on He's there. He's on there. It's like the world's dumbest. There's what is mm-hmm. what that's called. Yeah, I watched. I used to watch I've watched those. several of those. <laughs> Me too. The world's dumbest criminals. <clears throat> okay, speaking of crime. Speaking of crime. Segway. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I wanted to take a brief moment and mention um, that I'm not a journalist, nor am I a writer. And I'm not even a college graduate, okay? <laughs> I didn't even go to college. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I know the level of quality that I'm putting out there right now. Um, I copy and paste and I spell shit super wrong. And form super weird, really long run-on sentences. I do that a lot. Um, with that being said, I like praise all the people that do the actual research. And I'm going to try to do better about, you know, noting those people and, and um, citing my sources. I feel like I got a little bit lax about it, but I just want to. It didn't feel right. So, all right, hey. there. I just wanted to say that. Um, My case this week is not weird or unsolved. It falls more under the category of just senseless brutality. Um, It's a rough one. I had to take a lot of breaks when I was writing this episode. It took me a little while. Um, The family, just hearing them talk and their victim impact statements. And, oh, my gosh, it was just terrible. Um, But today we are going to discuss the murder of Melinda Pleskovic. My sources are 
um, the Beyond Evil YouTube channel. They did a like a little documentary on it. Um, there's also a show called Killer Instinct on YouTube with Savannah Brimer. Have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I watched, she covered this case as well. Um, there was another YouTube channel called Red Tree Crime that covered it. Um, and then an article in, or an article on Cleveland.com by Corey Schaefer. In the quaint town of Strongsville, Ohio, on October 23rd, 2017, Jeff Scullin, his daughter Aurora, and his soon-to-be father-in-law Bruce returned home after dinner at Applebee's, and they walked into a bloody scene. After a slew of recent break-ins, including one that same week, 49-year-old Mel, Jeff's soon-to-be mother-in-law, and the glue that kept their family together, was dead. Mel and Bruce got married in 1992, and soon after came their three children, Megan, Anna, and Kyle. Kyle's is the youngest, and he has uh, Down syndrome. Everyone said that even though he's nonverbal, you could see the bond that he had with Mel. She was his special person, and he hers. Mel was not only a dedicated mom, but a beloved teacher at Strongville Middle School. From all, and I mean all, Accounts. She adored her children and would do anything for them. And her students shared that she was an awesome teacher and knew how to make them feel special. She also coached women's varsity soccer. So clearly she was someone who was like invested in the future and the youth and cared very dearly for the young people around her. Her daughter Anna was dating her high school sweetheart, Jeff Scullin. While Anna and Jeff were still in their teens, Anna had become pregnant. Mm. So when she sat her parents down to tell them the news, they were excited. It was their first grandchild. Um, But also they were understandably concerned about how Anna and Jeff were going to co-parent living in separate homes with their respective parents um, or how they would be able to afford their own place while you know, at such a young age, plus they would be saving up for the baby and their own place. That would just be, you it's know, a lot. Yeah, a lot. Bruce and Mel came up with the perfect solution, very selfless solution. They invited Jeff into their home to live while Anna finished out her pregnancy so they could work and save up as much money as possible until they had enough to move out and build their life together. Mm-hmm. Just another detail that shows how caring Mel was in life. Yeah. Even after they had their daughter, Aurora, and gotten engaged, Mel and Bruce kept the home open to the young couple and even helped out with the baby. Again, this act showed how much Bruce and Mel cared about their family's future and were doing everything they could to prep Anna and and her new family for a successful life and future. Yeah. The Pleskovics lived in a safe neighborhood which is why it was very alarming when their house uh, began to be the target of multiple break-ins. What? <laughs> On one instance... Why are you laughing at me? Because you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, on one instance in 2015, shortly after Jeff moved in, he and Anna were at home eating dinner alone together. Jeff looked out the window to the backyard and he saw four strangers... <laughs> Um, I think kind of at the edge of the property, smoking, like smoking cigarettes. What? Yeah. 
Um, their yard wasn't fenced in or anything. It was just like a really vast piece of land back there that they split and shared with their neighbors. Okay. Um, so they didn't worry too much about it. They didn't seem to be doing anything suspicious. Um, you know, they weren't like vandalizing or anything. Mm-hmm. So they, they didn't think too much about it. Um, but when they noticed the strangers, but then they noticed the strangers like all turned and were just staring at the house. Ew. Yeah. Creepy. Um, then one guy from the group began walking towards the house. So at this point, they're like, okay, like, what's going on? You know, this guy's walking up. So the guy then stopped at the family's trampoline and started, like, messing with it. Mm-hmm. And so Anna and Jeff decided to call the police because now they're, like, messing with their property. Mm-hmm. Um, when the police arrived, there was no evidence of anyone being out there. You know, they didn't leave anything behind. Um, so the cops kind of scanned the area, and then when they were leaving, they said, you know, just call us again if you see anything else weird. You know, we'll be around. So some time went by, and all seemed well. Then in November of 2016, Anna was home alone with Aurora in the front of their home, <clears throat> like indoors, mm-hmm. and she heard something coming from the back of the home. Maybe, like, someone was trying to break in or, like, mess with the back door. So at first, Anna was like, okay, someone maybe locked themselves out of the front and they're just like going through the back door. Like you're never going to think something, it's something terrible. So she picked up Aurora and she walked like to the back of the house. And when she got there, she saw a guy with his face pressed up against (gasps) the glass window. Oh no, that's so scary. Yeah. Um, So they like locked eyes. And as soon as he seen her, he like ducked down and took off. So she called the cops just like they told her. And um, same as last time, he was gone, left no evidence behind. The cops looked around, looked inside the home, and left yet again telling Anna, if you see anything else, give us a call. Yeah. In January of 2017, Bruce's car got broken into and his laptop was stolen. The cops now believed that, okay, like, they're being targeted. There's no other, you know, places in this area that are getting broken into. Um, so this all has to be connected. It's probably the same group of people that are messing with them. But again, no one was around when the cops got there. There was no evidence. Nothing could be done. And they left with the same, you know, call us if you see anything else. A few months later, Anna was home with Jeff and Aurora They were all upstairs when Anna noticed three people staring at the home. She immediately grabbed the phone to call the police. But Jeff was like, you know, fuck this. You know, I'm going out there because every time the cops come, it's been like, what, three times now? Nothing happens. Mm -hmm. So he ran downstairs, grabbed a flashlight and went to confront the group. But they ran off before he got to them. He's a little huskier, so he didn't run as fast as they did. Um, And those guys sound like a bunch of pussies. (laughs) Yeah, every time they see anything, they just run Run away. away. Um, So the police, again, searched the area and again. No evidence. Left them again with no resolve. Do you think that's the last time? No. It's not. It's not. Because a short time after Bruce's car was broken into, Anna was, again, at the front of the house with Aurora. Mel was upstairs, and she, again, heard the same noises at the back door, where, like she did when she saw that man. Um, she went back to inspect, but this time, she didn't just, like, go straight back there, you know, like, absentmindedly. She kind of, like, 
peeked around the corner. So when she did, she saw two large men were trying to force open the door. She was afraid and it's it you know jump scared her so she screamed and the men heard her took off and um mel came downstairs because obviously she heard anna screaming and anna told her what they what she saw they called the police and you know the rest of what happened there again what is in this house that these guys want so bad just wait (gasps) in september of 2017 a pair of keys to Mel's car vanished. And you know, like, that shit happens. You lose your keys and eventually you find them somewhere, like, super dumb or all the time. Right in front of your face. Like in the crisper. Uh, yeah, in the fridge. <laughs> oh, I absentmindedly put stuff in the fridge sometimes. Azure put them in uh, my keys for my Scion when I had my Scion in um, his lunchbox and then <laughs> took the lunchbox and left it in oh, no. our other car and I looked everywhere and I had a hair appointment and I was pregnant with Val and had to walk to my hair appointment because I couldn't find my fucking keys <laughs> oh, and it was literally God. like four or five months until I found my keys jeez that's funny kids starving too I mean even lunch pail with no food <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah anyway you usually they usually pop up somewhere um, but they could not find these keys. So they soon realized the keys were not actually lost. They had to be stolen because whoever took these keys began to harass the family by setting off her car alarm or even starting the car in the middle of the night while it was what? like parked in the driveway. Yes. Um, I'm assuming remote start or something. <clears throat> so they had to be nearby, you know? Yeah. Um, but so she was even posting about this on Facebook. And Bruce noticed that there were also a bunch of nails in the tire of his car around this time. So this is like two solid years of frequent, similar, and escalating occurrences. And every single time, they notified the police. Every single time. So the final um, break-in, or well disturbance i'll call it was on october 19th 2017 so this was just five days before mel's murder jeff was home um alone and he heard someone messing with the front door so he walked up to it and he saw like like a hooded man at the door um at this time the family dog like ran to the door presumably barking and uh spooked the intruder off again cops were called same conclusion as Jeez every other time. Yes. Uh, wouldn't there be at some point, you know, with all of these, you know, occurrences that they would actually post somebody out there or, you know. Patrol the area. Right. Undercover or something. A lot something, of people you know? said that. Or like um, a lot of people criticize the family, too, because they're like, why didn't you put up security cameras? But hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, you can't victim blame here no no i'm no i'm, I'm not saying I'm you i'm just cops. saying yeah. i think the cops should have oh done yeah something a little for bit more. sure just have somebody out there like at all times that's how many times was that six times in yeah. two years that's pretty consistent mm-hmm. um so mel and bruce were both working full-time so it was fairly common occurrence for the family to just go out to eat for dinner jeff had been trying to set up a dinner for his parents to meet anna's parents since they got engaged um, but it just hadn't worked out yet. Um, so Sunday, October 23rd, 2017, he decided to try again. He was going to surprise his mom when she got off work and pick her up for dinner. But Jeff said that when Mel got home, she canceled the dinner pl- her dinner plans because 
I can't remember what what the excuse that he said uh, she told him. But she canceled, so then he's like, okay, well, I guess I won't surprise my mom. I'll just go to dinner with Bruce because he wanted it to be like everybody together for the meeting. When Bruce was at work that day, he received a text from Mel telling him that um, she will meet him at the Brew Kettle, sorry, meet him at the Brew Kettle restaurant for dinner tonight. Bruce agreed and went to the restaurant when he got out of work. He waited, um, but soon realized that Mel was a no-show. He texted her and said that he was going to go to the gym, but um, then he had received multiple phone calls from Anna and Jeff telling him to meet them at Applebee's for dinner. So he's like, Jesus Christ, like, what's going on? These plans keep changing. You know, he he was like, okay, Anna worked at Applebee's, so they were going to go there, sit in her section. So she's, you know, essentially a part time, you know. Model. At the <laughs> a part time dinner guest, part time host for them. Um, <laughs> what that's kind of no? That's kind of funny that they're like we're going to include you in dinner by you being our waitress, right? <laughs> I wonder if they yeah they probably got like a discount or something, or she give them like oh, I'm head. not tipping the help here. <laughs> <laughs> she already has me babysit her kid. Okay? I know, that's right? <laughs> Um, so Bruce arrived at Applebee's a little after seven after receiving the phone calls. Um, when he found their table, Jeff was already there sitting in Anna's section with Aurora and he was having a drink. Bruce asked Jeff, um, like, where is everybody? And Jeff was like, I don't really know. And neither did Anna. So no one had heard from Mel. And when they called, her phone was off now. Everybody. It's just Mel, right? I mean, fuck off. (laughs) Picky bitch. (laughs) Where else are (laughs) we? Yeah, where's Mel? Well, no, because then it would be Kyle, too. Oh, okay, yeah. Jeff then told Bruce that he had been locked out of the house and that he couldn't get the garage code to work. So Bruce began to worry. So they finished up eating really quick, and he was, like, ready to go home. So Anna gave Jeff her house key and they walked outside, but Jeff then asked Bruce to help him with his car. Jeff explained that he was dangerously low on gas and he had stopped at his parents' house to get like a five-gallon gas can or whatever, yeah, um, to put in his car. So basically he wanted Bruce to mind Aurora while he filled his car with this little bit of gas. Um, And all this is happening in front of Applebee's. So... Now they're finally going home, and when they get there, there were lights on in the house, and Bruce, the first thing he noticed was that Mel's car was in the driveway. So he's like, okay, this is weird. Why isn't she answering her phone? So Jeff tried to unlock the front door, but he was struggling to get the key to work that Anna had gave him. So in the interview, Bruce made it sound like he then entered through the garage, like the bay door, where they kept the door between the garage and the home unlocked. So, um, but that had been locked as well. He said sometimes people lock it, but generally they keep that one unlocked. Um, So they were knocking at the front door at this point and ringing the doorbell, assuming Mel would answer. But to their surprise, Kyle had gotten the door unlocked and let them in the home. Another odd occurrence, but you just don't let your mind go to that place until it's real. Mm -hmm. Um, 
in the police interview, Bruce is taking the cops through his actions after he went inside. And he's like, you know, I called her name out, um, like, hey, we're home. But he didn't hear anything. She didn't respond. So he's like, okay, well, you know, maybe she's busy doing something upstairs. Like, it was so sad. You could, you just walk in and holler and your partner comes to greet you usually. Or they don't and you walk further inside to find them, like, putting clothes away in a closet or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's these thoughts that are going through his head. He's not thinking anything bad. Um, so anyway... He, when he's in the home, he also notices that Kyle's chair is knocked over in front of the dishwasher. So he then enters the kitchen where he sees his wife, Mel. Mel was face down in pools of blood. So immediately, all of these thoughts are racing through his head. He wanted to like ask her if she was okay. He thought maybe she took some medication and got drowsy and fell. Um, he said he wanted to hold her, but just as soon as all these thoughts came, they went, he realized somebody has hurt my wife. So he told Jeff to call 911. Jeff went outside with the two children to do so. Jeff tells dispatch that someone had been attacked in their home. Um, they immediately dispatch ambulance and police. And after Jeff called 911, Bruce also called. I'm not sure if it was just like in all the chaos or if he just personally wanted to talk to somebody himself. But he mentioned in that call that Jeff had already called and um, the cops were already dispatched, but he was, he like recalled again. He began telling the person on the phone that the police really dropped the ball, that they had been filing police report after police report for all these robberies and these break-ins and nothing ever came of it. And he also tells her that their neighborhood is going to shit like you can listen you can listen to the call it's on um one of the youtube documentaries that i watched um i think he was in shock because when he's on the phone he was saying all this stuff like ranting to the dispatch lady and then he said and now i'm really pissed which is kind of an odd thing to say in that situation you know yeah. but i really think he just couldn't process what's process happening. what he was seeing yeah what he saw and what was going on well that and i think at that point you get that you're you're so angry you're pointing the fingers like we we brought you guys here six seven eight times and nothing and now look what's happened right you know, right I, it was just odd because he was yeah he was just angry he wasn't really emotional like as far as sadness he wasn't crying or right. struggling he was just he and so it seemed a little odd the police show up and begin to assess the scene and get statements from Jeff and Bruce. Uh, they explained everything pretty similar to what I just described to you before. And then they were taken to the station for formal interviews. Um, in my opinion, they both seemed a little sus at first. But after watching about 10 different times, I think that, like we were just talking about, Bruce was still in shock during this interview. He doesn't cry he he stumbles over his words and you can tell that he's like really deep in thought and his brain seems to be racing and trying to make sense of it all while still trying to like clearly answer questions that police are asking him. The police uh, begin to notice that Bruce is saying some odd things about Jeff. He said that Jeff told him um, that his dad couldn't stand Anna, which Bruce found very odd because they barely knew each other. Um he also said that Jeff would send him and Mel like really odd text messages. Um, he, the, he said that he was judgmental and that he was outspoken. He would meddle in other people's affairs. Um, Bruce also said that 
Jeff was kind of like all talk. He would say he's going to do something and not do it. He mentioned um, that Jeff told the family he was in the process of buying a home with some money that his grandparents had left him. Uh, but he couldn't show them any kind of paperwork or it was just he just talked about it. Mm-hmm. Also, come to find out, Mel had been helping Anna and Jeff with the with the wedding. I'm sure she was planning and probably helping financially as well. Um, Jeff was in charge of the invitations and locking in the venue. So but there was no evidence that he had sent out any invitations at all. And the wedding was like a week away at this point in time. Yes. Also, the venue had contacted Mel and told her that Jeff's card had been declined like 14 times. Oh, my God. Yes. So he explained, you know, if you don't if I don't receive payment by tomorrow, you're going to lose the venue. So Mel paid sixty five hundred dollars and and locked in that venue so from my understanding the text that bruce got when he was at work from um mel saying to meet her her at the brew kettle the text said (laughs) that's fine i want to start that over anyway that was an awkward start that scared me it it happened when we were doing uh two stop two and i was like (laughs) <laughs> He's like, just keep going. I gotta figure out how to make shut that shit off. Yeah, like silence notifications or something, because they're window notifications, aren't they? Yeah. Mostly, yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna start that whole paragraph over. From my understanding, the text that Mel had sent Bruce while he was at work um, said exactly, "Meet you at Brew Kettle." So Bruce found her text to be kind of out of character. Like, kind of looking back, um, they usually go back and forth a little bit. He said, like, oh, should we go out? Well, what do we have at home? What sounds good? Like, kind of like that. And so, in hindsight, he's seeing all of these red flags from that day. It was really sad to watch again. Like, in his interview with the police, you could see him, like, just, he would talk and, like, think. He's questioning, starting to question Jeff's actions throughout the day. And he would say something and then stop and be like, well, that was weird now that I think about it. So with all of the restaurant changes and and just obstacles, he said, quote, like someone was wasting my time, unquote. Ooh. Yeah. So they also found out from Jeff's parents that they hadn't gotten any dinner invitations from him to meet <gasps> Anna's parents at all. That Jeff never mentioned, or Jeff's dad never mentioned disliking Anna. He barely knew Anna. Yeah. So the story was beginning to unfold, and Jeff was right in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. In the beginning of Jeff's interview, um, the cop explains, you know, you're not under arrest. You can leave at any time, blah, blah, blah. Um, Jeff says something along the lines of, yeah, can we make this kind of quick? Um, but he does apologize and explain he's not trying to rush anything. He just wants to see his family. Like So that's pretty understandable. The interview with Jeff goes on, and the police began to see holes in his story. It was kind of hard for me to piece together, but basically from what I understand, Jeff says that Melinda got home around noon, like 12 or 12.30, and then he went to his aunt's until about 4.30, and then went to his dad's, and was at Applebee's around 7. 
Meanwhile, the police that are at the Pleskovic home, they're searching, you know, obviously the whole home. They get to his truck, and to Jeff's truck. They find a knife. The knife that they found had Mel's blood on the blade and Jeff's DNA on the handle. They also found blood in the interior of Jeff's truck and track pants that were just drenched in blood. After getting the damning DNA results back, cops came to the conclusion that Jeff killed Mel before going to dinner with Bruce. Trigger warning, I'm going to talk about uh, the state that Mel was in when she was found. Mel was shot three times in the head and stabbed at least 35 times. I believe all of her stab wounds were in her back. So Jeff sat there and had dinner with Bruce while Mel was lying dead in her home. And Kyle was there alone with her. Oh, no. Yes. And And how old was he? um, I believe he was 18 at the time. And this is it gets even worse. Mel's funeral was on the same day that Anna and Jeff were to be married. Um, so get this. He was a fucking pallbearer oh, no. at her funeral. So he helped carry the casket. Like, can you believe this guy? Like, he tarnished the only way, like, we as humans, as a, as a collective, know how to grieve. Like, he ruined that moment for everyone. Mm-hmm. So police brought him in for a... for. Police brought Jeff in for a third interview and a polygraph, which he failed. Surprise, surprise. Um, The cop begins to question what he was doing in that large gap of time between leaving his parents' house and arriving at Applebee's. Um, This is when you start to see that he's getting concerned. He gets really quiet and he knows, like, they've got me. Yeah. Like, they've figured this out. So six hours into that interrogation, he began to tell a story of self-defense. He explained that Mel found his gun in the basement. He said that she also found a paternity test from from Aurora that he had done after accusing Anna of cheating on him. Textbook. Right. Um, He said that Mel started to wave the gun around and point it, quote, roughly in his direction. He wrestled the gun from her and fired three shots. So let me remind you, Kyle's in this home. Jeff said that Kyle saw the whole thing. What? Yeah. So Kyle saw him shoot his mother. That trauma. What? Why didn't he do anything? Kyle, he has Down syndrome. Oh, he has Down syndrome. And I he's also about that part. he's Sorry. also nonverbal. No, yes. it's okay. I forgot about that part. Jeff said that you know Kyle saw the whole thing, but he also said that he doesn't remember stabbing Mel at all. So by October thirty first. Jeff was arrested and charged with aggravated murder. So all of that happened within eight days. Wow. Yeah. Prosecutors stated to the grand jury that all of the trespassing, break-ins, and thefts were either set up or carried out by Jeff himself. You're kidding. They started 
right after he moved into the house. Um, they think he might have hired drifters or something of that nature um, to stage these occurrences where he was present, you know, the ones that happened when he was present in the home and the ones where he was alone, they were just completely fabricated. Like yeah. nothing had ever even happened in those days. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but him and Anna were the only two to ever actually visually see anybody. Yeah. Jeff pled guilty in front of the judge, but his lawyer states that he's not admitting guilt of, like, murder. He is pleading guilty to avoid putting the family through a jury trial. That he didn't want all of the family's dirty laundry to be aired out in the public's eye. Oh, give me a break. Yeah. So many believe that he didn't want his own skeletons to be brought out of the closet. So that's probably why. I wonder what other fucked up shit that he didn't even have to worry about because he just pled no contest or pled guilty. Um, I want to read part of Anna's victim impact statement. Do you guys mind if I do that? Right ahead. Okay. So Anna said, Jeffrey Scullin should never be able to walk free again. The extent of his monstrous actions has forever crippled the lives of everybody that he knows. Everyone that he knows. Excuse me. My mother, Melinda, will never be coming back. And that egotistical boy had absolutely no reason or right to rip her away from us. I say boy and not man because a man doesn't harm his loved ones. A man owns his actions and decisions without hiding behind lies. A man supports his family and would do anything for his children. Jeff has done none of these things. Because of his heinous crimes, my brother lost the best mother a child with Down syndrome could possibly have. My father lost his best friend and soulmate. My sister and I no longer have our smart, beautiful, respectable role model mother to guide us. And my daughter Aurora lost her cherished Grammy. The worst part is that someday I will have to sit her down and explain this horrifying nightmare to her. I'll have to find a reason as to why her father chose incarceration and lies instead of his baby girl. And to be honest, I have no idea where to even begin. Jeffrey needs to never have the option to inflict this pain on another human being again because he will most definitely kill again. He is a manipulator, a pathological liar, a thief, a sociopath, and above all, a sadistic murderer. He shows no remorse and deserves to spend his days away from the innocent. Sincerely, myself, Melinda's daughter, and his ex-fiance. Wow. Yeah, watching her read you, that. It makes you wonder what all went on in, within their relationship. Right, you know he was like a controlling yeah. fucking psychopath yeah well and they were together since high school you see that so much like mm -hmm. these girls don't understand that that shit's not okay and it's not normal yeah or if they want to leave they can't right there's a lot more it, it sounds so simple but there's so much more to it really like psychology yeah. yeah jeff was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole good for 33 years Yeah. So that blank look on your face. I know. So he's going to be eligible for parole when he's 53. Wow. Isn't that fucked up? Because he's only 20. 
Hopefully he'll just continuously get denied. Yeah, hopefully he like has bad behavior or something. Mm-hmm. Because all he has to do is act right. Won't matter. Um, the judge was pretty blunt with him, but still like cool as a cucumber. Um, I could never be in that position. I'd jump right over that fucking thing that they <laughs> sit behind and I I could not believe but but her words were really impactful too. Um if you are interested in this case, I definitely recommend watching the uh YouTube documentaries that I mentioned above. The main theory that I saw for a motive for this murder was the fact that Mel might have been noticing his lies and maybe confronted him that day after receiving the phone call from the wedding venue. Mm -hmm. Maybe she threatened to expose him to Anna and he couldn't let her show Anna who he really was. Or maybe she found out something different, maybe something bigger that would ruin his little web of lies that he's woven. And he had to eliminate her as a threat. Yeah, makes sense. After her death, the Strongsville women's varsity soccer team created a tournament on Kelly's Island to honor Mel called the Mel Cup. She also inspired a random acts of kindness movement where people would say or use the hashtag it's on Mel. And that's the story of the murder of Mel Pleskovic. Can I ask a question? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Did you say that they found the knife and like the bloody joggers in his truck? I didn't find specifically where they found the pants, but the knife was in his truck, yes. And there was blood in his truck as well. So we're talking about a guy who's diabolically for the last two years sent people to, you know, and not everyone. I mean, like you said, you know, a couple of those when he was just by himself. Right. We're just fabricated. Yeah. Why would you put the bloody knife back in your truck? Maybe he didn't think they'd search his truck. He probably wouldn't. He's cocky. He's a fucking psychopath. I just. That just doesn't make any sense to me. I would think that, you know, if you have planned it out this far, right, right. you know that that's something that you don't want to leave in your truck. Yeah, because staging all those starting that far back, I mean, was that his plan all along? Yeah. Or was he just trying to f- make himself needed so he could stay there longer, too, at the home? Another man in the home so Ina's not alone all the time. Where was the baby when the murder happened? <clears throat> The baby was with Jeff and Bruce at Applebee's. Oh, oh, I don't know. Oh, my God. Did he have the baby and it was... I bet he did. Maybe in the car or something, maybe napping. I cannot believe that detail was lost on me. Wow. I hope she was at like daycare or something. Yeah. I don't know. He was unemployed. He was unemployed for two months up leading up to the murder. So, yeah, he's a fucking loser. Maybe he was with his girlfriend. Just something else to throw. Oh, out like there. a side chick. Yeah, uh, I think by now she probably would have came forward. Would you? Yeah. Would you? Oh fuck yeah, I would. Maybe she was involved. Well, eh. I wouldn't involve myself in anything that, so I can't <laughs> speak on that. Because I mean, if I got like manipulated into being involved, I I would have spilled the beans way before. You know. Wow. Yeah. So isn't that crazy? Like. What? <laughs> yeah. People suck. Like <laughs> seriously, <laughs> People like suck. that is so 
so fucked up. Like, he just built this entire fake life. Mm-hmm. Like, no one really knew anything about him. Yeah. So weird. And it's weird that he was able to do it to someone that he went to school with and so quickly after school because you know how school is and it was a small town you know everybody you know everybody's parents and yeah. you know their where they went to grade school you know when they broke their leg jumping on off a trampoline you know you know all these things and taylor right <laughs> no she was jumping off a garage onto a trampoline there's a difference mm-hmm. <laughs> um so, yeah, it's just odd. I mean, he was only 20, so let's say they graduated even just three years ago. So he was able to build this huge web of lies in just three years. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, Okay, anything else? Um, I guess I've got a couple things. Just some things that were like red flags. Um, that I noticed while I was researching, like, why hadn't Anna's family already met Jeff's family? Like, they'd yeah. been together for at least two years because she was pregnant in 2015. And they're from the same town. Right. So that was kind of, like, weird. Kid and- like, obviously, he was doing something to keep them apart. Yeah. You know? They're getting engaged. Like, are they engaged? Like, Well, and they were that to be married a week later right like were they just gonna meet at the wedding Man. like i ooh, i don't even know were they even invited to the wedding did they even know about anything <laughs> have they met aurora like right like i think of baby showers and birthday parties and christmas right and- right yeah super odd so yeah that was just one thing that i was like how how had they not met yeah so that was just a big red flag for me but again hindsight's twenty twenty. you never think this Jeff's horrible. Yeah. Fuck you, Jeff. Mm-hmm. I said all it. fuck you to Jeff. Um Okay. Well, before <laughs> We've had some pretty somber cases the last couple episodes. I know. So. Yeah, that one was tough. That was That was a tough one. It was a toughie. Okay. Before we wrap things up, we're going to give... Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Fuck you, sorry. <laughs> said you did good. Interrupt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I going to give you shit for interrupting my outro. No, you did good. Thanks. Um... Well, you know, there that went out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take a compliment. Don't look at me. Um... So we're going to give a shout out to the other members of the Golden Mojo Network of Podcast, Golden Image Podcast, The Call Guys, The United States of Paranormal, <coughs> and Indiana Chiefs fans, oh. which I have been listening to. Are you surprised? I, I like it. I, I like it. I like Good. you and your friends. I like you and your friend talking back and forth. I like it. Uh, I was going to say friend gutter. <laughs> I was going to say you and your friends banter, but it's not necessarily banter. It's just, just the way they just talk, talk to each about, other. Yeah. yeah, just how we yeah. talk about you. I I like it, good. and I don't good. know what you guys are talking about or care, but but it's <laughs> like you were talking fan. about you know being season ticket holders. I'm pretty sure I listened to episode either your most recent one or the first one. I can't remember, but yeah. So I'm going to catch up on that. I think I'm cool. going to. That's going to be one I actually like listen to. Huh? Yes, um, I was not expecting it at all. We had the. It's really cool. It's really interesting to be able to 
um, you know, we're a week behind, so we talk about the game that when the episode comes out was a week and a half ago, you know, mm-hmm. so we're, you know, we're not really super current. Like, you know, if we were really on it, we'd record on say Monday night, release it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And, but that's, you know, there's so much work involved behind the scenes yeah, that, right. that we can't do that. So, um, but it's really cool to be really super current and not have to worry about like what we do with Tusop or Murd Nerds or or even Golden Image. Yeah, you know, we record so far out that we uh, that you're talking about something. I think Logan talked about in, in uh, the Scream House episode where they were talking about their or maybe it's Philippe the Philippe interview where mm-hmm. they they're so far ahead in their recordings that you know we're like the episode comes out and they're like we just released episode zero <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know that's episode. 14. Right, you know. right. I think I mentioned that too in a couple of, or the one where Alicia was gone. I was like, we actually get to talk about current yes. events because we're so far behind now. Yep. So that was actually kind of Yeah, nice. it was, we mm-hmm. recorded that on Tuesday. It came out on Friday. It mm-hmm. was it was uh, really kind of cool to be able just to say, hey, this is what we did over Labor Day and it fall in the spot. Right. If and we that's what makes so, Chiefs fans a lot of fun. Yeah. If we weren't, weren't all so busy, it would be fun to just record weekly. Yeah. And be able to be current. And right. But we have to work jobs and stuff so it's damn responsibilities Mm -hmm. if you guys give us a bunch of money we won't have to work jobs yeah we we could just just do this all the time we'll record so many episodes we'll drop two a week (laughs) two whoa okay (laughs) sorry (laughs) jeremy's like "Hmm." i do drop i do drop two three Four a week. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're a madman. So honestly, uh, we've got the Call Guys podcast hosted by Gunner and Colton. They discuss movies, TV shows, pop culture. Um, like I said, I am pretty close to caught up with them, except for I have to skip a bunch of episodes because they talk about stuff I haven't watched yet. Yeah, that is the bad and, thing. And yeah, they do have spoilers. So if you know you do listen to them, I would skip episodes. Uh, well, and I can go. I can let me go the dark side of that of mm-hmm. that comment because I agree. I understand if you if you don't want to be spoiled and you want to be a surprise. The interesting thing that, about listening to theirs that you haven't seen, it kind of gives you an insight a little bit more into what you're about to watch. So there's certain things that um, they have talked about that I watched after, mm-hmm. um, and. I've seen things that I probably wouldn't have realized that I was looking oh, for right, in right. the episode because the two of them are they're so, like film buffs. Yeah, yeah, they're catching things that you know my small brain doesn't seem to right, grab and hold they of, know so. they know everything canon. They know every little detail about right. the story. What's right? What's wrong? Yep. So yeah, maybe I will because I skipped it, the She Hulk one that they recorded because yeah. I haven't watched that yet. Maybe I'll maybe I'll listen to it before I watch it. That's literally what you said in the last episode. I know I I'm did. I haven't two watched ago. it. Yeah. Two episodes ago. Two episodes ago. Yeah, because we're one will be dropped between two this episodes one. ago. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Once yep, again, I know podcast brain. Just like I really told, good. I told Gunner I was going to watch Rear Window. Right. When I went home that night, <laughs> didn't do that. But you know what? I have like a running list. Right. And it's she written watched, down. She watched Midsummer like 
the day. Dude, midsummer. Yeah, but when I make you promises, like I have to fulfill those promises. No offense to anybody else. But I bet you haven't watched Midsummer. I I bet. Colton and Gunner haven't Dude, watched Midsummer. But so I never said I was. I never so said good. I was going to watch it. You need to. It's good. <laughs> Just because you want him to watch it. <laughs> I've been. He never made any promises. What, what did I been watch? What did we watch all last night? The Ghost Brothers and their investigations. If you get a chance on Discovery Plus, uh, the Ghost Brothers. These guys, yeah, are definitely good. worth watching. I forgot um, at the beginning of. The la- well, either episode doesn't really matter. When I went to the that the cannabis thing that I went to in Michigan uh-huh. to see the Cottonmouth Kings, the band that played after the Cottonmouth Kings was called Earth Radio. Look them the fuck up. They were so good. Their on stage vibes were like whoa. I was like, they I had like, whoa. I had no words. I was so taken aback. They are so good. It's kind of, it's a little trippy. Right. But it was so fun. Their chemistry on stage, they were so freaking good. So yeah, I, I wanted to just give them a shout I out. I wanted to break out my Joey. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Is that what, from Friends? Blossom. Yeah. Blossom. What's, I don't know what that means. That's okay. With my Ambiolic. Who's that? Wow. I don't know who that mm-hmm. is. You're, you're way too young for for Blossom. Yeah. Youngster. <laughs> Okay, less than a month. She's <laughs> literally like three weeks younger. Yeah, seriously. Uh, um, okay, yeah, and maybe then a younger than me. We've got the United States Paranormal, which we talk about all the time because it's hosted by Alicia and Jeremy, so it's super easy. <laughs> Did you see that? What? <laughs> she pointed to you and said Alicia. <laughs> Alicia and Jeremy. <laughs> um so, yeah, it comes up pretty naturally in conversation a lot. So we do talk about that one a lot. Um, we've got the Texas Partners, Logan, Matt, and Bose on Team Tejas. Um, so, yeah, that's something to check out as well. Love those guys. They're doing yes. amazing, amazing Dude, work Dude, they're there. killing it. Yep. Killing it. Always. Links and social media for all of these podcasts can be found within our show notes and on our social media pages. Go support our small podcast network. The more support, the more we grow, the better the content. If you have anything you want to tell us or a case that you would like us to research for a future episode, you can contact us at murdnerds at gmail.com or just search murdnerds on all popular social media. If you'd rather be anonymous with your opinions, located in our bios... On all of our social media platforms is a Linktree account that you can click and find at the top a link to our survey page. It is completely anonymous. <laughs> Stop. I can't with you. <laughs> um, it's completely anonymous. And while you're on our social media pages, you can find photos um, and maps and, you know, stuff, information on cases that we've covered. Stuff. You know, stuff and All things. stuff. Stuff and Probably things. Probably no maps, because I stopped doing that. Well, yeah, that was when we were doing just Indiana, so yeah. we would we could place where it was in the state. So, yeah, that that's kind of out the window, I guess. When we do an Indiana case, maybe we'll still do that for our local listeners. Still put up a... Well, that's at Alicia's discretion. <laughs> She's giving me a death look, so I'm going to shut up. Um, don't forget to subscribe to us anywhere you enjoy listening. If you are a listener on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate and review within the app. This is the best and easiest way to help support us here at Murd Nerds. Murd Nerds. Murd Nerds. Murd Nerds. 
It's completely free. Uh, this helps us move up in the charts um, and also gets us noticed by sponsors for ads. Um, if you'd like to help support the podcast monetarily, you can pledge a monthly donation of $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99. This helps us at Merd Nerds with equipment, merch, licensing, and anything else we need to make Merd Nerds possible and better. Uh, this is not a money-making venture for us. We do this because we want to, but it does take a lot of time and energy in the process. We use our own Jeremy's money to fund everything that goes <laughs> on within, that goes on within um, all of our podcasts. And, as well, I mean, I'm sure they help. I can't speak for the other podcasts, I guess. I should only speak for Murder Nerds. Um, the small amount that we have been making off of ad revenue goes right back into the studio to make... Not it physically bigger, but our production bigger, better. <laughs> so if you can, show your support by pledging a donate. <laughs> a what? Pledging a what? Donation. Pledging a donation each month. Or you can purchase some merch, but we are... That's probably going to be... When's that going to Oh, I don't know. We'll keep you updated on the merch situation. Since we're switching um, to a new vendor, it's going to be better quality for a better price. So, you know, just got to be patient, I guess. It shouldn't be too long, should it? No, we just got to sit down and do it. Oh, so well, at the you- beginning of the year, hang on. Because <laughs> you have all your designs already saved on, on your iPad, right? All the ones you drew up? Yeah. Yeah, and so new it's ones? just the matter of... The new ones you drew up? You drew yeah. up new ones? <laughs> yeah, okay. the new ones. The new ones she drew up. Holy you know, because we're switching sure... venues and then, boom, we should have new merchandise. Right, right. At least at least one. I want a shirt that says mouth noises. <laughs> <laughs> just says mouth noises. That's it. No, No context, no nothing. I just want one that says Golden Jay's money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, whoops. Um, I spent all my money on this podcast and all I got was this stupid shirt. shirt. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, it's like the... But it's got my picture on the back. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, we could put your little DJ skeleton on there. There you go. Can we use that on the Murderers merchandise? Mm. I don't either. Or Murd merch. Merch, merch. That's all. I, I, that's, I'm done. I'm oh. done. You're done. Yeah. Are you done? You done? I'm done. You guys done? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.